Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, January 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. German prosecutors are investigating two former Deutsche Bank employees for suspected bribery. Beijing warns that the spread of the coronavirus will accelerate. It's already killed 80 people in China. And the U.S. is threatening to take action against the EU over its plans for a carbon tax. Plus, more than three years after the U.K.'s Brexit referendum, Britain will leave the EU this week. The FT's George Parker tells us what to expect from the official separation. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Deutsche Bank is in the process of a major overhaul that includes its wealth management unit. But new FT reporting shows that Deutsche paid a little more than a million dollars to secure the wealth management business of a senior Saudi royal. That's according to the results of an internal probe that were seen by the Financial Times. Deutsche's internal probe revealed the payments were made to the wife of the royal's financial advisor in 2011 and 2012. The transfers came with other perks for the advisor's family, including an internship and a seminar at a Swiss ski resort. The probe also found that some of the pay and perks violated Deutsche's policies on anti-corruption as well as gifts and entertainment. Deutsche's internal investigation took place between 2014 and 2016 and found the employees involved were trying to retain the wealthy client and win additional business. In one internal email, a Deutsche employee said the money may help to, quote, persuade the client to upsell or invest existing large cash balances. Deutsche told the FT that this was, quote, an action by a small number of individuals who acted in breach of the bank's policies. The bank added that they caught it, reported it to regulators and affected clients, and dealt with the individuals involved. Several Deutsche Bank employees either were suspended or left the company following the investigation. The bank also fired and reported two former German-based employees to criminal prosecutors in Frankfurt for suspected bribery and embezzlement as a result of the probe. Prosecutors told the FT their investigation is ongoing, but the employees did successfully challenge their dismissal in civil cases. Beijing has warned that the spread of the coronavirus is expected to accelerate. And on Sunday, China's health commission minister revealed that the virus was infectious even during its incubation period. The coronavirus's incubation period is between 1 and 14 days, and people might not show symptoms during this period. The coronavirus has been compared to SARS, which killed nearly 800 people between 2002 and 2003. But SARS wasn't contagious in its incubation period. As of Monday morning, 80 people had died from the respiratory disease and more than 2,000 people were infected. The mayor of Wuhan, the city at the center of the outbreak, says the number of cases could rise by another 1,000. The virus has already reached nearly a dozen other countries, including the U.S., Canada, and France. The outbreak came as China celebrated the Lunar New Year, where hundreds of millions of people usually make trips to be with family and friends for the holiday. But in light of the coronavirus, Wuhan locked down travel for nearly 40 million people. Beijing and other Chinese cities also imposed travel restrictions. And the U.S. is threatening to retaliate against another EU tax plan. This time, it's about a carbon tax. New European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has made taxing carbon imports a top priority for the EU. But the EU and the U.S. haven't seen eye-to-eye over global climate change policies since the U.S. left the Paris Climate Accord. 
U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross recently told the FT that Washington's reaction will depend on the form the carbon tax takes, and he referenced another European tax. Recently, the U.S. has threatened retaliatory tariffs on countries that want to impose a digital tax on American tech companies. Mr. Ross says if the carbon tax is, quote, in its essence protectionist like the digital taxes, the U.S. will react. And here's a story you should know more about. This Friday, after 47 years of membership, the U.K. will officially leave the European Union. So what will that look like, a separation between the U.K. and the EU? The funny thing is that not many people will notice the difference. That's the FT's George Parker. Come Friday, the UK and the EU will enter into a transition period until they hammer out the terms of their new relationship. Very little will actually change. People will still travel to Europe as they do at the moment. Free movement will continue. And so will all the rules and regulations and the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice over the UK. So nothing really in practice changes, but we will see big changes in 11 months' time, which is the moment the transition ends and Britain officially becomes a fully-fledged third country as far as the EU is concerned. So, George, how are the trade negotiations going? We will soon discover who the winners and losers are of the big trade deal that the EU and the UK hope to conclude during the transition period. So the idea is that a new trade deal is in place in time for December the 31st, 2020, so that Britain begins this new trading relationship next year. And it's hard to avoid the conclusion that the EU will come out as getting the better end of this deal. The EU is simply just a bigger economic block. It also knows that Boris Johnson has set himself this new deadline of December the 31st, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see the EU running down the clock a bit to put pressure on the UK. I think probably the most likely scenario is that we'll end up with a what they call a fairly skinny or thin trade deal, which will focus mainly on goods, and the idea will be that you remove tariffs and quotas from goods trade. Now, that's good for manufacturers, but the important thing to bear in mind is that the EU sells an awful lot more in terms of goods to the UK than the UK sells to the EU. In fact, there's a trade surplus of £96 billion in the EU's favour. So a trade deal which covers mainly goods will be generally more to the advantage of the EU. And it's quite likely because of the time pressure that there won't be much in the way of services in this trade deal. Now, the UK has a big surplus in the sale of services to the European Union. So because of the relative weight of the EU's economy compared with the UK, And because of the time pressures, I think that in the end we'll see a trade deal which largely works more in favour of the EU. So, George, over the last week we saw different industries and companies react to UK Chancellor Sajid Javid saying that the UK will diverge from EU rules. How do we see this playing out? Well, you're right. That interview that Sajid Javid did with the Financial Times did cause quite a bit of concern in the business world because it sounded like Britain was going to diverge straight away from the EU rulebook. And of course, that makes the more divergence you have between the rules, the greater the friction you have at borders, the more costs and delays you have. There are two things we're talking about here when we talk about this divergence thing. The first is the EU will insist that Britain applies European levels of protection on things like workers' rights, climate change, taxation, state aid, if we're going to have a trade deal at all, it's the so-called level playing field provisions. I think the UK will broadly have to go along with that if it wants to get a trade deal. And then there's the separate question about whether the UK diverges from specific rules, let's say, for example, on car regulation. Now, if the UK decided, for example, to adopt a different specification for seatbelts, for example, well, the car industry in the UK would hate that because it would mean it would have to be developing two separate model lines, one for the UK and one for the European market. So there's a lot of pressure on the UK government not to diverge from existing rules 
simply because most businesses and virtually all businesses don't want that to happen. And increasingly you hear ministers now talking about having the right to diverge rather than necessarily doing it for the sake of it. George, while the UK is working intently on a trade deal with the EU, it's also hoping to work on trade relations with the US. And things here are looking like they're getting more disruptive by the day. It does. A US-UK trade deal is seen by Brexiteers in the UK as one of the big prizes of Brexit, the idea that Britain can strike out and forge its own trade deals with third countries. And by far and away, the biggest one of those trade deals, apart from the one, of course, with the EU, would be with the US. Already, there are signs that this trade deal is not going to be straightforward. The UK has announced plans to introduce a digital sales tax, sometimes dubbed a Google tax. Right, right. Which would fall particularly heavily on West Coast US tech firms. And the US is threatening retaliatory measures against the British car industry if that happens. And this week coming, we're expected to see the UK decide to give Huawei, the Chinese telecoms company, a big foothold in the UK telecoms market, something that Donald Trump as warned, would be compromising in terms of security sharing and something the British government shouldn't allow. So you can see tensions already starting to build. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 